Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Dimitra Gray Show, the first episode of the new year. Happy new year to you. No matter when you're listening to this, it will, well, it will likely be in 2024. Um, I'm kind of procrastinating, to be honest. I had a plan for today to work on my book manuscript. So uh, one of my big goals for this year, my gosh, I like started off being like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. And now I already have like (laughs) three things in my mind to talk about just from that first sentence. Um, One of my, my focuses for this year, my main intention of this year is to focus (laughs) because I really have never quite learned that skill. I think I am definitely someone who is very multifaceted and just like interested in many, many, many things. Like I could be curious about anything. If someone, like there is not really one subject. I don't think any subject of conversation that if somebody was telling me about it, I would not have a thousand easy questions. Like I am naturally very drawn to a lot of things. I am an Enneagram seven. If you know what that is, I'm a seven wing eight, obviously. (laughs) Um, But I don't know a ton about the Enneagram, but I know I've been looking it up recently because I have just been like, I know that the type seven they call the enthusiast. And this is this energy that I feel most strongly in life where I just feel very excited and passionate about a lot of different things and that sounds nice and it is nice um but the problem with it is that if there is no real focus um then I don't end up with like I don't end up really producing something that is the most meaningful thing to me that there is and so when I look at like the past whatever I mean you could even say past decade of my life like all of my 20s and now into my 30s there's this like changing from thing to thing to thing right which I think is a great thing I think it's like really healthy I'm really thrilled and happy that I did it and I um I learned a lot about a lot of different things. I I think people are surprised sometimes when I like casually mention just different parts of my life. Like there was a part of my life where I owned a yoga studio and I was just a yoga teacher and that was like my thing and I ran the studio. There was like a time in my life where I thought I was going to get a PhD in history. You know, there's just like, uh, there's a lot of different moments of different iterations of me and uh even in my I had my coaching business uh for the past like I guess it's ended now officially (laughs) um I mean I'm still coaching a couple people here and there but I'm not really like do focusing on that anymore really doing it very much um but even in that, there was like shift from focus to focus in that. And so I always find myself getting very pulled into like different, I'm always learning a lot of different things and I get really pulled into, like I want to share everything that I know because it's exciting and I'm just like, everybody should know these things. And that is nice, but then I end up inevitably sort of like, diving partially into a lot of different things and honestly it's kind of exhausting for me like it's not just like it's nourishing in the moment and it's fun but over time even though I end up knowing a lot I still kind of feel like I sit here at 31 and I'm like well I haven't really created anything because there's just been this like like uh, sort of zest for, uh, like soaking up all of life, which again, don't regret, but I'm just like, I've been really thinking about it as I've been reflecting on the last year and 
planning for the year ahead and um I've been I've been uh reading a bit I was looking at stuff about Enneagram because I was like I thought of the word the enthusiast and I was like this is exactly like what do you do with this right I was like I don't know what to do with this because this is just such a core of who I am to just like explore all these different topics like currently I mean it was just cults and currently it's like nutrition and metabolism and all the autoimmune stuff I've been talking about and I know so much about mold and I know so much about uh like cooking and flavors and different recipes and like different recipe ideas and like all the parts of a cow and uh different foods to grow and uh just so many things and I always think about like oh I'd like to make this or oh I'd like to make that or oh I want to talk about this or I want to talk about that and it just ends me up in this place where it's not like a long there's no real satisfaction in it ultimately I think for me and when I look back well, so I was looking up the Enneagram and it was talking about, because uh, so basically I get, I never heard this about the Enneagram. Basically, if you don't know, the Enneagram is like a personality test. I don't even know anything more about it than that. So somebody else would be able to tell you more about it than me. But uh, you can take the personality test and you get like a number one through nine and then you get your wing number, which I guess is like the one you're like second most like. And then there, I didn't know this until recently, but there's like direction, there's like a direction of growth and then a direction of stress for each number. So like if you're a seven, your direction of growth is to become more like a type five and your direction of stress is if you become more like a type one. So a type one is like, can be like basically like the, I guess the bad qualities of that type. Uh, a type one can have a tendency toward being uh, a perfectionist. And uh, I don't know the other things. I didn't really spend that long looking into the one. But it was basically like, it was just saying for me as a type seven that if you become more like a type one, like uh, in a stressed state, you might go into those tendencies, which are like perfectionist and like criticizing everything. And I was like, oh, I see that in me but then it was saying for growth like what will help sevens balance out their natural great qualities of being very curious and enthusiastic and excited about many different things and variety and tasting everything in life is to have some type five qualities which are more ones of like focus and it's kind of like the opposite in a way uh, I mean, I, I'm sure an Enneagram person would not describe it as the opposite, but to me, it seemed more like the opposite where it's like, actually, I think, I think that I've dated a couple type fives. Jordan's a type three, the achiever, of course. He's a three wing two achiever, uh, with a helper wing. And, uh, but I've dated a couple type fives. And so to me, in my head, I'm like, fives are so boring. <laughs> They're just very like, this is not true. No, no shade if you're a type five. <laughs> but to me, it's like, fives are really intellectual. And I guess that's the way I think about it. Like, focused, intellectual, just kind of like calm. Uh, I don't know if any of this is true. That's just what I remember <laughs> from reading it. Because that was how it felt to me. It felt boring. And it felt like, uh, but the five qualities are just like, uh, well, let me tell you. So, okay, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Let me pull up. Okay, are you ready for this? I was going to save this information for another episode because I want to do an episode all about this topic. But I will break it to you now that I've been using ChatGPT. And if you're not familiar with ChatGPT because some of you will know all about it and some people when I say it have been like they either don't even know what it is at all or they're like afraid of it and I was afraid of it to be honest with you until like a month ago and someone I've been working with she was like 
she was like, you can use chat GPT for this. We were talking about something. And I was like, no, 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 no. I can't get in on this. I'm not into anything AI. So chat GPT is AI. It's artificial intelligence. And it's basically like, it's basically like a Google, like an all-knowing Google friend. And so if you know me, as I've just told you, I'm curious about everything and I need to look up everything. And so, and honestly, like times when I have to go without my phone, I don't really miss much. Like I don't miss social media. I'm like, I like to be without my phone except for Google because there are many things I wonder about during the day and I like to know the answer. And Jordan often says, <laughs> Jordan is often like the internet was made for you <laughs> because I just, I really like the internet. I like to get, I like that you can know everything that there is to know. Now, of course, there's like the flip side of that, you know, the Bo Burnham, uh, the Bo Burnham as a song. Oh my God. What is it called? It's like, do you want to know everything all of the time? Welcome to the internet, he says. It's like it's called Welcome to the Internet. It's on Spotify. You should look it up. But it's also I mean, what you really should do is watch his uh I don't know what you call it, show, movie thing, his special on Netflix. Cause that song's part of it. And it was an epic, epic creation. Anyway, uh the song is called Welcome to the Internet, and it's basically this like I won't ruin it for you, but it really captures the <laughs> um, kind of like dark, uh, like the dark attraction that is the internet in a way. But even though there are those, like, even though it's kind of terrible and overwhelming, uh, it is also like very, it's kind of like uh almost like a drug for this part of me that is just so curious about everything. Um, so what was I saying? So I was telling you, so uh, I got over my fear finally. At first I turned it down. I was like, I don't want to talk to chat GPT. I'm not getting on board. I'm going to say I want to, I have an episode in mind that I want to do with a friend of mine who uh, is super into like he he's in tech and he um knows a lot about AI and he was showing me chat GPT. So I wanted I want to do like a deep dive conversation with him where we talk about it more. So I am going to restrain myself from going to too deep into it, but I want to tell you that I've been talking to it now. So I'll save you the story. I'll save the story of how I got over my fear for that episode, which I think uh, will probably be in a month or so. Uh, I'm going to see him in a couple weeks, and then I think we'll maybe schedule it for after that if he's still down. And if he's not down, then I'll still do an episode on it. So anyway, I was talking to ChatGPT, and you can ask it things, and I was asking it about an Enneagram type seven and what to do. And so anyway, what I was going to tell you, okay, so the type one, it says like you can be, type ones can be critical and perfectionistic, rigid and controlled, focused on improvement. So that's me if I'm too stressed. But then where do you go for, where is it, how it tells you how sevens can be more like fives. So it says, uh, Qualities of type five, there's depth of focus. They can concentrate deeply on a subject and become an expert. Analytical and observant. Uh, comfort with solitude and embracing minimalism. So listen, <laughs> solitude I can do. I actually quite enjoy solitude. Uh, even though I do like to be social, I really love to be alone. So I feel like that one I've gotten down, uh, quite solidly. Analytical and observant, uh, I think I'm pretty, I'm okay with that. But depth of focus, I'm, I'm, 
I lose interest quickly. Like, I'm not even interest. I just sort of like be excited with a new thing. And that's what this is saying to temper. And then this, the last one, this is really embracing minimalism. I'm just really a maximalist. And <laughs> I like the idea of being a minimalist. Like the, I was watching someone on Instagram. There was a reel yesterday and, uh, she was cleaning her house. She took a month. I don't know. Instagram just fed it to me. This is another thing I need to get. I need to, I'm not going on social media (laughs) this year. We'll see how long this lasts, except to like post my own things because now guys, do you know how much I know about Taylor Swift now? I didn't even know that I wanted to know about Taylor Swift, but I click, I love Taylor Swift, but like, I don't know. Now I know everything about her because I kept getting all these groups suggested to me and I kept reading them and reading on the comments. And then I got curious about like uh, what different people, like people would comment things and I'd be like, what does that mean? So then I wanted to know and I want to look it up and then people would talk about this song and that song. And I was like, well, I don't know any of the songs. So I want to know this and I want to know. And now I know so many things. And it also happens to me with like, I'm in like a handyman group I get suggested all, I get suggested (laughs) so many things. Well, I was, I can't, I can't remember what the example was. There was something the other day where Facebook fed me a post and I ended up in the comments of like men talking about fixing a tire and I was like, going down this rabbit hole and then I was like Demetra you don't care about this at all but I did in that moment I was like I need to know more about this post it just captured my attention and now I'm catching on to it because now it fed me the Taylor Swift post until I joined same with the maximalist group I'm in the decor group it fed me those till I joined and then Now, lately, it started feeding me crafts, like craft groups. And it's like people crocheting. Oh, my God. All the different kinds of things people can crochet. I'm just like, wow. I And then I'm like, maybe I should learn to crochet. And then I'm like, no. (laughs) This is not helpful. And... Uh, so I've caught on. I'm like, no, I'm not joining any crafting groups. Do you know how many times I've tried to, I bought a spinning wheel when we first moved into our house. Cause I was like, oh, I'm going to learn. It sounds so romantic to like yearn, learn to spin yarn. And I still hold on to hope that one day I will use it, but, uh, I haven't touched it once. And Jordan hates it because it's just, it's kind of there for show. It's like sitting but there's not really room for it in our house. And so uh, it's sitting next to this doorway, which means that you can't easily go in the doorway. <laughs> and Jordan is like, can we get rid of this spinning wheel yet? And I'm like, no. Because <laughs> one day I might use it. And one day I probably will. Because sometimes I eventually do get to these things eventually. So... Anyway, it's hard to be a type seven is what I'm trying to tell you. And so I was watching this girl. Oh my God, what's wrong with me? I was watching this girl on Instagram clean her house and it took her a month and she like recorded all these videos of her decluttering and she said they got rid of over 50% of their things. And I was like, wow, that sounds so stress relieving and so nice but uh there's nothing I can get rid of in my house because I like all my things and when I look around I know that even if it were clutter free I would just have to fill it up with things again because I just I like to and when I go into a place that is maximalist so I don't I don't mean messy I just mean like maximalist like neatly full of things and uh I like that and it is cheery to me so anyway this says that type fives can value simplicity and this can help type sevens in focusing on what truly matters reducing the feeling of being overwhelmed 
and reducing the feeling of being overwhelmed by choices and possibilities. So this is the thing that I need the most and uh and uh sorry I just got a text from Jordan. He Jordan went to get the milk today. He went to pick up our raw milk which we have to get off the island because it's illegal in Canada and it's like black market trade. It's harder to get raw milk than it is to get drugs in this country by far. Um, anyway, he just texted me and said that they're short on milk, which is not, I, well, it, I guess it doesn't matter that much. We don't even have that much room in our fridge to fit all of the milk because we get, we pick up milk every two weeks and we get like four gallons every two weeks. But then uh, because we were away, we still pay because we're part of this like herd share. And so we pay every month regardless of whether we pick it up or not. So when we're away, we're still paying for the milk. So technically we get to pick up extra because we didn't pay for like two, like we didn't pick up milk for like two months. But now they said we couldn't take extra. So he didn't get extra. Um, anyway, so I'm supposed to learn to focus <laughs> is the main lesson um and I agree I agree I agree that I should focus um because it is overwhelming and so even though it's exciting and fun it is overwhelming and so anyway when I look back at my life at the past uh, like at my adult life the things that I'm like that feel like things I'm really proud of that I created are my books of poetry. And if you haven't bought them yet, you shouldn't buy them yet now uh, until, I mean, you can, they're up on Amazon. But uh, what I'm doing now is, so I wrote a book in 2019. It's called How to Live When the World is Dying. It's a poetry book. And then in 2020, I wrote a book called uh, I Never Wanted to Write a Break. A, I never wanted to write a breakup poem and that's also a collection of poetry it's kind of like I don't know what you would call it it's not it's poetry but then sometimes there's like sort of I don't know not essays I don't know what to call my I guess you could just call it all poetry and those two books I love very very much they feel like snapshots of me at those times and I like that I have physical copies of, like, I created something physical, and I really enjoy that. And I feel like my poetry was always something that I was secretly kind of like, oh, yeah, I do this, but, like, that's not allowed to be the thing that I actually do mainly. They're just, like, these little side things. And uh, the reason that I wrote my, I think I already, I already talked about this. Because my reason I wrote my first book was like, I just realized that. So I've had this realization a number of times, like this is the most important thing to me. But then I like either, guys, the recording just stopped. And it was like recording stopped all on its own. And so now I've started it again. But luckily it saved my, my other recording. So I was saying that I've had this realization a number of times. Um, but I've kind of just been like, okay, I'll like placate it for now. And so I wrote my books and then of course, as you know, I joined a cult and just went down a whole big, long, dark detour. And now I'm like, I feel like I'm, I feel like I was like on a path and then I went into the woods and like got scared and lost. And now I'm like looping back to the same path and I'm like, whoa quite scratched and like beaten up a little bit but I've returned and that was like a scary dark dream and now what should I do and so anyway I feel like um I'm going back to those like I want to focus more on that and I want to write more of that and uh I've been writing more again and uh 
just like remember, it feels just like remembering myself in different ways and also feeling older now, but just uh, remembering the parts of myself really that like let emotion flow so freely, you know? And uh, so anyway, I'm, what I'm doing now is I'm, I'm updating the manuscripts of those books. So, uh, just little things like the bio and the just certain things about like I want to change my name to Demetra Gray so that it's that everywhere because that is my married name and what I go by now although it's still not technically my legal last name because I cannot deal with the border (laughs) again I just like it took me so many years to get residency in Canada. Like I just finally got it a year ago. No, maybe two years ago now. But I think I, I think I just got healthcare like a year ago. Like maybe it was a little bit before that. It just feels like, and then I lost my driver's license. Like I feel like it was just in the last year that I finally got all of my Canadian cards and everything like squared away. And it took years like immigration it took me like two years to hear back from immigration to say that I could live in Canada so it was so insane that I do not want to contact all of the government agencies and be like hey now I'm changing my name so now I need to like change and maybe it's not as big of a deal as I'm imagining it being it just feels so stressful and then I have my U.S. passport and so I'm like then I have to get a new passport it just is, I can't, I just can I'm like, I just can't go through it. So publicly I'm Demetri Gray, but legally I'm not. Anyway, doesn't really, that doesn't matter that much. So um, all of this to say that uh, I had to go back and find all of my old book documents and Thank God I had a hard drive from like two computers ago because (laughs) I never would have like the cover image for my book, all this stuff. And I would have had to rewrite the whole thing like in the in the proper it's it's such a pain to like uh, format it all because I did it all myself. And um, that's the other thing, too, is I don't really think the Kindle edition is correct. I have to fix it. So I have to fix all these things. So I'm going to update those. Um, And that's kind of my first step. And so I've done one of them and I was today I'm going to do the other. And that's what I started off this episode by saying, which is that I'm procrastinating. (laughs) I'm procrastinating doing the other manuscript by making this episode because I just could not bear the thought of sitting down to do this kind of, I don't really like this kind of like, uh, I don't know if it's like admin kind of work. It's just very like figuring things technically out and just like, yeah, I guess you'd call it very much more left-brained work instead of right brain. But as you see, I mean, here's the thing. It requires a lot of focus. <laughs> and just like sitting down and just, I wish I could just snap my fingers and have it be done. But the thing is that even if I were to hire someone to do it, no one can, no one, it would take longer to tell someone what to do than for me to just do it. So here we are. And I'm procrastinating and I'm drinking my coffee while talking to you instead. But it's only, it's not even 10 a.m. So I have lots of time. So that's the story of me being an Enneagram 7 who is going to learn to focus this year. And so what I'm focusing on is my books. And so I'm giving myself my podcast as my outlet for uh, sharing whatever I feel like sharing because I can't even tell you how many urges I get a day to talk about all different kinds of things. And so I'm going to refrain from 
acting on those urges and I am instead going to focus my energy on reading and writing things that are centered around poetry and books because that's really the only thing I care about at the end of the day. I like I could care about a lot of different things. Oh, you know what? Let me tell you about. Let me tell you about my oh. <laughs> I feel like this is another thing the podcast is good for is I my uh it's a good place to vent. So, you may remember my I feel like the last time I told this story, I t- told a story like this was when I was telling the story. I think it was in, I think it was in my first episode back, a few episodes ago of uh, my of the maximalist decor group and the drama. Well, I now have Airbnb drama. Although this morning I was starting to feel like perhaps I need to focus on the things that matter. <laughs> and let go of uh, going back and forth with Airbnb. So here's the thing. I think, I don't know if I've talked about this before. Jordan and I are very different. We rubbed off on, rubbed off on each other in these ways where one is that I I am quite justice-oriented. So, like, when I think that something is wrong, I must let everybody know. And when something is wrong, just on principle, and I think that I I partially get this from my dad in certain ways, because <laughs> my dad was just telling me the other day how he, he like, spent hours... Uh, he spent hours like driving around New York City to find a parking spot where he could park for free because he knew there was a way to park for free, even though the parking garage would have cost like, he was like, I saved like $200. And I was like, yeah, but how much do you make an hour? Like, it's just, it ends up canceling out, right? Like, it's just like a waste of time sometimes, which is the thing that Jordan has taught me. But I am very like my dad in this way, in this like underlying feeling way of like, If there is something that I feel like, you know, I wouldn't feel that same way about that same predicament. But for my dad, that was like unjust, you know, like uh, it shouldn't like I could do it differently. For me, I just there are certain things where I just feel like the principle. Like it's just the principle that matters. And that was what my dad had said about that, too. He He was just like, it's the principle. And that is just how I feel sometimes is just like, I, there are so many things in the world that people just get away with and it is so annoying. Oh my God. I didn't even, okay, I'm going to tell you this whole story because this was my second, well, there were two more. So let me just, let me focus on, focus on the one story first. So this story with Airbnb is that, uh, okay. So we booked an Airbnb in South Carolina and, oh wait, okay. Let me finish telling you. So I have this quality. Jordan is more like, it's not worth it. Like, even though he agrees with me about the principle, He's much more oriented toward like peace and just like not no drama and just kind of being like, I mean, I guess you could sometimes call it the difference in some ways between like Americans and Canadians. He's a lot more just like, you know, just be play and move on and just it's not worth it. And I'm a lot more like, but the principle (laughs) and, uh, we've rubbed off on each other, I think, in very beneficial ways where like sometimes he's correct, is not worth it, is not worth spending the time. It doesn't matter. I can't fix every little injustice in the world. Uh, And it's better for me to just let it go. Uh, But then sometimes it does matter. And it's rubbed off on Jordan little bits where like he's found himself like you know, getting refunds when he normally wouldn't have cared. Like, I think, I think he had an Uber Eats win, uh, weeks ago where like, 
I don't know, they messed up something. I think they added something to his burger that shouldn't have been on there or something was wrong about his order. And normally he would have just eaten it and been like, whatever. But instead he was like, he like reported it and they refunded the whole item. So he was happy. He was like, oh, I did. I was like you. (laughs) So sometimes it pays off, but sometimes uh, it's not worth it. And so it's constantly, I think, finding this balance. But with Airbnb... And as I told you, uh, I think my anger really got shut down over the past few years. And so uh, I'm letting it out more. Like I've just been in my everyday life, that kind of fire. Like I'm just like, oh, I'm actually super fiery. A friend of mine made a post the other day where she was talking about how like, in the new age world she got very convinced out of certain qualities where like i think it was for her for her she was like uh like i got convinced that i'm just supposed to be alone and like just a loner oh my gosh this is so annoying it keeps pausing it keeps stopping and then it just says recording stopped okay i was telling you my friend um The thing is, I'm sure that this would be a lot more pleasant to listen to if I could just listen to what I was just saying and then say something to just edit that part out and smooth it all together. But I'm not going to do that because that sounds like a lot of effort. (laughs) So you all just have to listen and we can all be annoyed together at how many times it's going to do this to me. So like I said, I've been letting out my anger. And, uh, mostly just in little bits like this, like, this is what I mean by anger. I don't really, I never scream or like, I don't mean mean anger. Okay. Sometimes people talk about anger and they're like, oh, you should like let yourself be angry, but then they're abusive or like just really mean or blow up or out of controlled anger. And, uh, oh, I was reading something really brilliant about that the other day and I can't remember what it said. But it was essentially saying how people like that, uh, I think that they termed it like that's more anxiety, like that's not even anger anyway. That's just like, oh, I don't remember what it was, but it was really smart the way that it, it talked about it. Anyway, I've been just, so my friend, <laughs> my friend, uh, at least I'm remembering the things that I get distracted from today often sometimes I get distracted and then I forget what I was talking about but I keep remembering today so I must be sharper so um my friend was saying that she's actually super social and um like it's just funny that she let herself get convinced that she was not like the opposite because she's actually really social and like really loves people and being around people and talking to people. And I feel that way with being fiery, where like, I'm Aries rising, of course, I'm super fiery. But like, I feel like the past few years, um, and there was something in like, embracing softness also. And like, when I first got into the polarity world, that was something that really attracted me was like, embracing the softer parts of my femininity uh, that I had not uh, fully embraced, but then I kind of got like sucked into it. And then I think the way my anger got so shut down and, you know, so much stuff, I think that I started thinking like, oh, the fire was never really like the real thing. I'm, that was all like my ego and I'm actually just soft. And I think I was actually just learning to uh, just not have emotional responses. Anyway, I am quite fiery. <laughs> so what I've been doing, what I mean when I say I'm like uh, letting out anger is that I'm just like day to day when there's a thing and I'm like, no, uh, it's usually in this tone. I'm no, I don't mean I'm like exploding in rage now ever. Uh, I'm just sort of like uh, in the more just passion, like the more fire, I'm having out. So that all being said, that is because that is why I'm engaging with Airbnb (laughs) because I think at some point I kind of was like, 
more like Jordan, like these things are a waste of time. But then recently I'm like, well, this is also kind of a practice for me in uh, speaking up more, which is like what I haven't been able to do. So we stayed at this place in South Carolina and it was a cute place. It was great. You know, it was, uh, it was cute. It was on a golf course. It was a nice nature background. The bed was comfy, which was nice. So, uh, it was a nice place and this place was moldy for sure. I, there was mold around the edges of the things. And as you know, well, if you listen to my past episodes, I've been talking about, uh, autoimmune stuff and SIRS and how SIRS can be triggered by mold and different biotoxins. So, um, I know way more about this than I ever intended to. And so there's certain things in the place where it was like uh, the floor was like soft in certain spots, which can be a telltale sign of water damage or uh, the ceiling. Like you could just tell this is an old building and it's humid. It's in the south and they like spray down the all the um, like the what do you call it the port the they're not hallways the outside so this is like a building of apartments like of condos and like the the stairs and then the the hallway (laughs) i don't know what to call it like in front of all the doors where you walk is covered in this carpet and they like spray off the carpet every few days with water but it never dries so you know it's full of mold and I could just we Jordan and I both started feeling like kind of bad when we were in there like we got really congested and just like it just felt bad in there and like I said there was visible mold on the sides of some of the doors Um, probably no one else would have ever noticed it. None of their reviews said anything about it, but I saw it and I felt like I felt way worse in that place. Um, so, uh, and they had everything covered up with these awful, disgusting, like Febreze air fresheners, which we unplugged when we got there. Anyway, so... But so it's a nice place overall, right? And I'm like, no one probably would notice this but me. But I did notice it and I cannot in good faith leave a review that does not mention this at all. I guess I could, but even not leaving a review, I was like, I feel like if I were somebody in my position, I would want to know that well there were two things one was that there it was so loud at night the apartment above um the floors like the building was just constructed so thinly that um every time the person above us like moved around in his bed you could hear that and it would wake me up at night like he like I'm assuming it's a man, but he had a dog. Every time the dog walked across the floor, you could hear it so loud. And so it wasn't his fault. Like, it was nothing worth complaining about because he wasn't doing anything wrong. It was just that the build in the building, you could just hear everything. And every night it woke me up. And I was like, oh, my God, this is just driving me crazy. Um, So I wanted to mention those things. And so what I did was I left a four-star review maybe even five stars. I don't remember. Four or five stars. I wrote a paragraph of very nice things. And then at the bottom, I wrote only downsides were that, um, the only downsides were that you could hear the sounds above the room and that if you're sensitive to mold, I would avoid this whole building. Okay. So that's what I write. And the lady who owns the place is furious. So she messages me back and she's all like going on and on about like, do not write that because they were so careful, right? This is their business. So they like uh, all of their things, which I really dislike, by the way, all their things like on the fridge and everything is like, leave it. It's basically like, leave us a five-star review or don't leave a review at all. Like, it's just very like, leave us a five-star review here. And I don't like that on principle, as you could guess, because it's not, it's like discouraging you from telling the truth. 
So um, I wanted to leave an honest review, which was that, and to be fair, like we stayed there for a month. Most people are only probably staying there for like a few days or a week. So most people, it would not bother. And so I was very honest about that in my review. And I was just like, it was such a nice review. Now I wish I had written a meaner review, (laughs) but it was a really nice review with those sentences at the end. And it was like a good review overall. But I wanted to note for people that those things, like by the end of it, I just wanted out of there so bad. I was just like, this place is just, I know it's making us worse. Like my knee hurt way worse. Everything just, everything was worse. And I started feeling better at my mom's. And then when we moved from my mom's to this place, it was bad. So anyway, um, this lady was furious. So we have a back and forth. And I'm like, like, I was just being honest and like, you know, sorry, but it's true. (laughs) Like, this is where the mold is. And uh, I think you should probably have it tested for mold. And I sent her the link to the test. But the thing with people and mold is that people don't really understand mold. So she just was like, why didn't you just tell us like we could have like cleaned it off? And I'm like, well, that's not really how mold works. Like you, I feel like this place often mold is hidden and I feel like this place is full of a lot of hidden mold and uh she was really mad and she like goes back and forth and then finally she's like well I would have done the test and I'm like okay well if you do the test for mold and it comes back all negative then I will remove my review or edit it and she's like okay so then nothing happens for like a month And my Airbnb account is attached to my old, like an old email address that I don't really check. So for whatever reason, like last week, I, I go on like that email and I see that Airbnb has contacted me and said that my review has been removed for not following the review guidelines. And I was like, excuse me? And because I hadn't seen it in time, it was basically like, your review has been removed. And then it was like, do you need more help? And the case timed out. So it was like case closed. And I was like, no, case not closed because it's a lie, right? It is not fair to remove my review and say that my review goes against their guidelines because nothing in my review went against any sort of guideline. So I wrote to them and I was like, hey, this happened and I disagree. And then Airbnb gets back to me and they're like, um, they're like, and then I was also furious because these stupid ladies decided to contact Airbnb to get my review removed when it was an overall nice review. It was like I wrote like eight sentences about how nice it was. So, and I don't like the principle of just like, you can't, that is so dishonest. You can't just remove things. They could have replied to my review and publicly if they had something to defend or say, but they didn't. They con- They went behind my back and contacted Airbnb and Airbnb listened, which is really annoying because to me, it just seems like they just want to make the money from the host and so they don't want to deal with it. So they just got rid of it. So I'm like, hey, no so then someone replies and they're like hi Demetri you like your review has been removed because it didn't follow the guidelines and then they're like case closed and I'm like no case not closed so I open another case and I'm like I keep telling I keep being told my review didn't meet the guidelines and they keep sending me a link to these guidelines which is infuriating because I read the guidelines and I'm like nothing that I wrote goes against any of these guidelines. This is how I used to be with Facebook and Instagram because there would be things that like their guidelines specifically said that I specifically did not break, but then they would delete my and ban me anyway. So I've gotten over that with those platforms, but I have not gotten over it with Airbnb. So it's just like they 
they deleted it and uh and and then they're like gaslighting me by being like you didn't follow the guidelines here are the guidelines like read them I'm like I fucking read them three times and they don't I didn't do anything wrong so I write again and I'm like please tell me specifically which guideline that my review violated because I don't see one so then they transfer me to a different team instead of answering my question so then and now by the way this all happens I'm not doing this on the phone because no I can I'm not spending that much energy on the phone with these people so I'm doing this through like chat but and the chat says each time like they'll respond to me in two or three minutes but it takes them like three hours so this is not all at once. This is like, I keep having to remember to go check this stupid email. So, uh, and this is why it's kind of getting to the point where it's like, it's really not worth it, but I still am like, I'm annoyed at it. So, uh, so then someone gets back to me and she's like, hi, Dimitra, I'm like a supervisor here and I've reviewed your case and you're correct. And she's like, your review, uh, I understand like how important it is for travelers to be able to leave honest reviews and your review has been reinstated. And she's like, let me know if I can do anything else. Um, if not, the case will be closed shortly. And so this is like in the middle of the night. So I don't answer. And then she closes the case. So by the time I get, I see it and it's like case closed. And I'm like, okay, I'm satisfied. But then I go to see my review because I wanted to feel like the satisfaction of seeing my review back up where it belonged, rightfully so. And it was not there. (laughs) And I was like, I want to see my review on this lady's page because that is wrong. So I, it's not there. And I'm like, did they just tell me that they put it back up so that I would go away? But they actually didn't. So then I write again and I'm like, hey, Uh, I was told my review would be put back up, but my review is not there. Where is it? And someone writes back and they're like, Demetri, your review went against our guidelines, so it was taken down. And I was like, no. And then they were like, case closed. And I was like, oh my God. I think actually that was more my fault because I think a couple days went by, like I forgot about it. I forgot about it until I accidentally clicked, like (laughs) the tab is still open in my browser. (laughs) So I had forgotten all about Airbnb until I saw it up and I was like, oh, this thing. So uh, I was like, it's still, (laughs) I was like, "Uh, it's not. So I was like, you can't do that. So now I've opened up a new one and someone said the same thing. And I was like, no. And so now somebody new was like, uh, I'm going to be handling your case. Like, give me some time to look into it. So it looks like it, it seems like now they're talking to the hosts uh, before me, which is really like the thing is they care most about their money. Right. And so the host makes them a lot of money and I don't make them as much money as the host. So. But you would think that you should prioritize your customers. But I guess who are Airbnb are Airbnb's customers really the people like me or are they the hosts more so? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Especially when someone's like a super host. Um, which these women are. These women are like two women together running their thing. But the thing is that it's just, it's not fair to do that. And I understand that not everything is fair, but like you can't, you, it just seems so dishonest and so infuriating. The most infuriating, like if someone was just like, if had given me sort of a concrete reason, I would still be annoyed, but I would be less annoyed than the fact that they were just like, your review doesn't meet our guidelines. Yes, it does. There's nothing about my review that does not meet the guidelines. Oh my God, it's so aggravating. I had a similar thing with uh, booking.com last month because I will not even go into the whole story, but it was basically just like, it was a similar kind of, um, it was their site's fault. Oh my, <laughs> it was their site's fault. I spent way too long on the phone with booking.com, which apparently is like ran in China, run in China 
because I got transferred finally to a supervisor in like Hong Kong and he laughed at me. He was so rude. He was not customer service oriented whatsoever. He could care less. He like sang, he like sing-songed in his tone back to me. And he was basically just like, it's your fault. Basically, I had booked, I had tried to make a booking. Well, I made a booking on the flight and it was a non-refundable booking. Um, but I needed to, I needed a late check-in time. And so basically I like checked out, I bought this place for the same night, like a few hours later. Like I, I booked at this place, but it was a guy's apartment. And so there was no way, like he had to come meet you there to let you in apparently, which I didn't expect because who does that nowadays? But it was like, I didn't, it didn't make it so on the listing in like tiny print, it was like check-in is only between 4 and 6 p.m., but we were still going to be on a flight at that time. So I needed to check in at uh, like 8 p.m. And so I wrote this thing and um, I was like, I like booked the place, but and and their site, booking.com, let me choose a check-in time of 8 o'clock. And so I like signed up and paid with this eight o'clock time. And then the host was like, no. And then he was like, well, if you don't make it here exactly by eight, like it's going to be a no show and you won't get refunded. And I was like, well, I don't know um, if I can guarantee that because like we're getting off a flight and we have to drive and whatever. And uh, I was like, just, you know, go ahead and cancel my booking. Like I won't, it, it just won't work out then. And he was like, no, it's non-refundable. And I was like, well, what? (laughs) Like, sure, it's non-refundable if we can, like, if you can check me in and I can stay there. And he's like, no, you should have read you can only check in between four and six. And then everyone was like, yeah, you could, like, booking.com was just like, no, we can't refund you. Only the host can. And the host said no. And I was like, I just signed up for this like a half hour ago and this stupid host That's, again, where it was just such a principle thing. Like, I just booked it and you can't accommodate me. And so instead of being like, cancel the booking, you're like, no, I'm just keeping your money. It's such a scarce thing. Like, it's just such a greedy, like, oh, it just drips of the scarcity of like, oh, I just need it. I'm just keeping it because I can. I was mad about that, too. I mean, technically, like, legally, that one was more on me because it was like it was in the fine print that it was between four and six but I was so annoyed I was so annoyed and then this other hotel I had booked that was non-refundable you would think Demetra why do you keep booking these non-refundable places I don't know because I never think things are going to change but then they do and uh but this other hotel was nice because that's what you do they just refunded me oh and that one was way more my fault because I I just booked it for like a place we were not even going to be in. I don't know why I just messed it up. Anyway, that is my story of the very annoying Airbnb things. And maybe now that I vented it to you, I can just let it go. Although it's not really requiring very much energy for me at this point because it just every so often I notice it in my inbox and I'm just like, ah. And I just don't like the idea of like these women getting away with just like deleting something because they don't like it. So, yeah, that's that's my Airbnb story. So I guess I've procrastinated long enough now. I can't even tell how long I've been talking because now my audio is split up into three different parts. Anyway, um, so that's my focus for the year is books and then having my podcast <laughs> be my outlet for things like this uh, so that I could share and maybe maybe my podcast will enable me to focus more uh in other areas and then of course I also have like a body focus of healing in that area and doing all the things I'm doing 
to heal that way. So I feel like I kind of have like a work focus and a health focus. And yeah, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that the next episode Jordan and I will do together and we can tell you more about like the year ahead. Anyway, that's all for today. Uh, I don't have anywhere to send you, I guess. So subscribe (laughs) if you haven't yet and leave me a review, an actual review. I'm not going to tell you what kind of review to leave because uh, I am not like the mean Airbnb hosts. So you can leave whatever kind of review that you'd like on my podcast and I would be so glad. Okay, that's all for now. I'll talk to you soon. 